Shall we pray together? Loving God, we ask now that you would fill our hearts in new ways, that you would remind us, Lord, of how you have molded us in your image, 
that that would bring us joy and confidence. Remind us, Lord, that we are yours. Amen. A lot of people in church, for obvious reasons, want to know about their pastor's um, experience, particularly their religious experiences, right? And, and I like to have times to share that just because I, I just do. And there's a couple things I'm, I worry about when I do that. First thing is I worry, can I keep to the 10-minute rule that I gave everybody else? Ronnie hopes so, doesn't he? <laughs> Second thing is, and I, I think I'll be all right today, but if not, let me just tell you, it's my story, and I can cry if I want to. <laughs> cry if I want to. You would cry too if it happened to you. To that end, let me just say that as I was growing up, my religious experience was very, 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 very minimal. It's not that we didn't believe in God. Our family said we believed in God and God was everywhere and God loved you and all that kind of stuff. But that was pretty much the totality of our religious training. So maybe a few years down the road as I start making up my own mind about things, maybe that had something to do with that. But I got to a point where I was listening to different things, reading different things, watching other things, and I come up with some new ideas. At least they were new to me, right? And I got to an understanding of God and religion and faith and people who practiced. It wasn't that it was a joke, because people get very serious about this kind of stuff. But I came to understand that God was real to whoever God needed to be real to. Y'all with me? And you can classify that however you want to, but there you go. And even though I had that kind of understanding, and even though I was pretty sure and confident about that, it was still a little bit intimidating for me when I started going out with this girl whose entire family went to church and did all kind of stuff at church. And not only was her family involved at church, both her parents were ministers of the church. Okay, no big deal. Now, if I'm ever going to share anything about who I've become and, and what God has done for me, I, I can't do that completely without talking about Jeremy. And what you need to know about Jeremy, from my perspective, is, you know, Jeremy, just he wasn't just the model child. He was like the perfect child. Everything was yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, all, all the manners, right? Always had a smile. Never said anything bad, was smart as just whatever, had already skipped grades. And the parents, we don't have to mend it, but that's the kind of kid we're trying to create. Huh? Perfect, perfect, perfect child. The only thing wrong with Jeremy was that he had leukemia. Jeremy was younger than I was, a younger brother, and about the same time I started going to church, because uh, this girl's parents told her, she said, okay, if that boy can follow you here, there, and everywhere else, and if he can do this and do that, he can go to church with you. Amen. Parents, don't be afraid to make them kind of declarations. And so I started going to church, and about the same, probably a little bit before, my dad also started going to church. 
Now, it made sense to me why I was going. I was going to get the girl, right? And it even made sense to me why Dad was going. Because if you remember, God is real to whoever God needs to be real to. And, you know, one of your sons getting leukemia. Hmm? So it made sense to me. And I didn't have a problem with it. I'd call Dad every once in a while. He'd call me. And it was obvious he was a little more into this than I was. He'd start talking about salvation and all this other business. And I'd do my best to, you know, to kind of just blow him off. And he's, if you know my dad, he's just real big-headed about it. He just gets on you. and So it was really uncomfortable a lot of times. But I didn't have a big deal with it. And I didn't have a big deal at all with it until Jeremy passed away. Then I had a problem with it. Because, Dad, the stuff that you're talking about, the stuff that other people are talking about, if it's so right. I know what I'm saying, right? And if God is so whatever you keep saying God is, then why is Jeremy gone and I'm still here? Dad, let me tell you about some of the stuff I've been involved with. Let me tell you about some of the things that I've done. And you're going to try to tell me that it's right that Jeremy isn't here. And I am. So I kept that uh, with me. I was pretty mad at Dad about that. I wasn't mad at God because God's only real if, right? Still kept going to church. I, we, I didn't go every week. I think I went to at least monthly. I was going quite a bit. Um, and let me just tell you, it was boring. <sighs> I'm just being, it was, sometimes we'd go and it'd be in Spanish. And there's nothing wrong with it being in Spanish unless you don't know Spanish. Then it's like even more boring. <laughs> so I feel for some of you. I try my best now. You know, I can remember some of those days. Um, but I also remember that I was just, well, anyway, I won't preach to you, but that's just, I kept going anyway, right? And we'll fast forward just a few years later. I remember I took a class with Mr. Elder. Mr. Elder taught a computer course, and Mr. Elder's class was at the end of a, a long hallway, a pretty long hallway, and it was kind of tight. And I remember you walked down this hallway, and as you got to the very end of the hallway, this is important for me, he had a uh, sort of mid-sized poster of a bodybuilder that he had the chance to meet. And, you know, had, of course, he's all whatever. And so he, he had signed it. Hey, Roger, blah, 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 whatever. Signed whoever. P-R-O-V-3-5-6. I didn't know what that meant. And I saw this every day that I went to his class. And sometimes, a couple times I asked, Mr. Elder, what does that mean? Oh, I don't know, some Bible thing, I think. Okay. Fast forward just a little bit later. Still kept going to church, and one Sunday morning, Ms. Allawine, who was the minister there at, at Crockett Place United Methodist Church, Allawine told us that she was going to sing her sermon. Now, Ms. I, you know, some people in life who can sing. Some people over here, anyway, some people can sing. Some people can sing, right? And Ms. Allawine was over here. I mean, she was the real deal. And so she says she's going to sing that morning. I'm thinking, well, that's fine, because I've always loved music. 
I, I can appreciate that. So she, she sits down at that piano and starts doing her thing. I'm thinking, ooh, you go. Good. And at the very end of her um, sermon, presentation, whatever you want to call it, she starts singing this one song. And I mean, the way her voice was and the chords of the song, I was just like, wow. And some of you know it, right? The spirit song. I didn't quite understand what she was singing as she was singing it. But, you know, looking back, John Wesley talks about that moment where he felt his heart strangely warmed. And as as I remember sitting there listening to Miss Allawine and her singing, I think I know what John Wesley was talking about. But let's fast forward just a little bit more. We're at that same little church, and knowing what I know now, it was Holy Week. And it was Good Friday because, you know, I had taken everything down. The church was dark, and that's something a lot of churches still do. And I don't remember what she was talking about. I don't remember what she was saying, but whatever it was, I mean, the only way I can describe it is she was just like, it was burning a hole inside of me. Everything I was thinking, everything, it hurt. And we were a smaller church, and so she asked everybody to come up front at the very end. And I remember I did that, and I mean, I didn't know what else to do. I, I'll never forget, I had a $5 bill and a $1 bill crumpled up real close together, and the only thing I thought to do was to take it out and leave it there. And I remember thinking, that's my last $6. <laughs> why did I do that? I don't even know why I did it, but I left it there. That night I went home, and I began to wrestle with a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, why are you, why are you falling into this business? Um, and I began to think about some of the things Dad would talk about, some of the things that uh, the, the parents would talk about, me, even Miss Halloween. Began to think about Jeremy and you know my grandparents and some other friends who had um, had some bad things happen, and trying to make sense of it. And it's funny to me looking back now. This, this, this guy who's got it all figured out, who's got the world wrapped in, where he understands things, right? I told God, I said, all right, God, if you're real, you're just going to have to show me. So I sat there on my floor next to my bed, just told God that God was going to have to show me, right? Well, if I wouldn't, big head. And I thought, well, what do I do? Well, I know something. Everybody always talks about this, right? So I remember we had one at the house, and I knew exactly where it was, and I took it off the shelf, you know, all that business. And so I'm looking at it. (laughs) Now what? What am I supposed to do with this? So, any good book, you start at the beginning. I was just going through the pages, and I've already seen it. This, This Bible has one of it, too. Got abbreviations, and I bet you know what I saw, don't you? P R O V. I had seen that every every day, and so I smart enough to figure out where it was. Smart enough to figure out what three, five, and six meant, and I just told God that God was going to have to show me. That God's stuff was real. And if you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, 
you know it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Now I'd love to tell you that I sat there on my knees and did some kind of sinner's prayer and, you know, confessed all my sin. It didn't quite work out that way, but the only way that I knew how, one thing I knew to do was you know, just tell God, here I am. And I asked you something, <laughs> and you told me. And it was that night, I know for sure, uh, that I began my walk with God. And all these years, 13 years later, there hadn't been any reason to turn back. And I would love to tell you that after that night, I got all the understanding I needed. I'd love to tell you that I got the girl and everything was happily ever after. I did get the girl, y'all. But she'd be the first one to tell you, ain't nothing, there ain't been no happily ever after living with that big-headed guy. That's another testimony. Huh. <laughs> Haven't gotten everything free. I still don't know why Jeremy's not here. But while it hadn't been happily ever after, I'll tell you what it has been. been blessed beyond belief. And people think that's a cute little catchy saying. Really it's not. It's a way of life. The first psalm, the very first psalm in the book of Psalms starts off by saying, happy or blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, they meditate day and night. And they are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. And all that they do, they prosper. Being blessed beyond belief is not about getting all the stuff you want not about having the nicest cars or the nicest things. It's not about having things go your way, but being blessed is about this. And following God and being assured of God being with you just as much as you want to be with God. And some people don't believe that. Some people don't believe that blessings aren't things. Some people don't believe that God is real. And some people don't believe the simple things that God gives are great gifts of God. But then that's why it's called being blessed beyond belief. And it's learning that all things work for the good of those who love God, like it says in Romans 8.28. So, no happily ever after in my story. But blessed beyond belief. Blessed with the presence of God blessed with many people in my life since then who have taught me many things. And I know that for all those things, part of what I'm supposed to do is to give God the praise. So in Jesus' name.
Praise God.